Welcome to Techno and Travel, the podcast of Tunes and Wings. My name is Sabine Spätling and today I take you on a journey with Ben Turner about shaping and developing the industry. One thing I can say for sure is that the industry wouldn't look like as it does now without him. He, for example, co-founded the International Music Summit and the Association for Electronic Music, both very important projects that are shaping the industry to what it is nowadays. The 30 minutes that we talked with each other were so inspiring and really just scratched so many important topics on the surface. It was a great pleasure for me talking to this important spokesperson of the industry and I hope you find our interview as inspiring as I did. Enjoy! Ben Turner, it's a great, great pleasure having you on the phone and in the podcast today. Welcome. Thank you. Good to, good to chat. So I could really do um, a whole podcast episode where I just list all the important projects that you either initiated or co-founded in the electronic music business. And just to name a few, it's the Association for Electronic Music, it's the International Music Summit on Ibiza, it's your own company with which you're managing artists like Richie Horting, it's Remedy State and so much more. And above all, you became a father last year. <laughs> so yeah. you're in L.A. right now, you said. And to get an idea of the life of Ben Turner looks like, how did your day look like? Oh, dear. Um, <laughs> well, living on this side of the world, the, the morning is pretty intense, but... Um, Yeah, I actually woke up at 4 a.m. because I was a little bit jet-lagged from a trip to Europe and uh, baby crying and, um, yeah, but got up and and just, you know, living on this side of the world, your morning is pretty much, well, my morning is consists of a generally a conference call or a call every kind of 30 minutes for five or six hours and then I reach this time around lunchtime where you kind of take a deep breath and, try to meditate or go and have some lunch and then your kind of American afternoon begins where you know you may have meetings or or you know more work but you know generally the morning is just trying to make sure I'm on top of all the different things that I'm involved in in Europe um, you know I, I, I love living in Los Angeles it's been a an important chapter I think in my life in terms of finding a balance of work and and non-work And, um, but the, but the, the challenge is just, you know, being nine hours from Europe and eight hours from London where I've lived most of my life. Um, so yeah, it's, it's not without its challenges, but, um, I was always an early riser and, uh, being mm. here kind of really suits that way of living and working. Yeah. But still, I mean, that's really a lot that you're managing. And um, I can imagine sometimes it gets really exhausting. But where does actually all this energy that you have come from? Um, well, I would say um, I think it comes from passion. It comes from enjoyment. Um, I don't think you can work this hard if you don't love what you do and 
take great reward from from what you do um you know i've worked in this industry since i was 16 17 and took a very young uh, or very early opportunity to work in the music industry as a journalist and uh, i think i've you know i still think back to those days and how i kind of created all of that myself and and pushed for that myself and i think if you want something that much and you want to be in a in an industry this much and and my my love of music and then my complete sort of fascination of the craft of DJing um, put me into so many interesting moments and positions. And I was, I was pushing that hard at a time when the culture was naturally kind of, you know, effervescing through what music and, and how rock music changed into DJ music, electronic music and how DJs kind of were emerging from a scene in the UK in early, early 1990s, you know, God rest his soul, Andrew Weatherall, and you know his his death last last month really kind of hit me hard in terms of remembering quite how lucky and fortunate I was to be in London at that moment when he was innovating and kind of turning acts like Primal, Primal Scream and One Dove and Saint Etienne and and kind of turning their music into you know transforming their music into something that was a hybrid of what I loved at the time, which was I, I loved indie music and rock music and I loved electronic music. And this this moment of time in London was something that we will never experience again. And mm-hmm. I was so privileged to be a journalist at that moment and have a kind of inside inside eye and track on what was happening there. And I was a part of, of promoting that culture through journalism, through newspapers and magazines. And I'm drifting a bit, but the reason I mention all of this is that I, I still think that that in, that energy and that passion I found for that music, which then led me to Detroit music, you know, still 25 years on, those ideals and those values and my memories kind of still drive me forwards, and mm. um, I'm sort of still, I still, whilst I've done a lot of work that's helped shape the industry, I still feel very privileged to have been kind of given access to it by by the the gatekeepers who were kind of driving the culture in the early 90s you know yeah. I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't in a beta in 1998 I was there in 1988 I was in a beta in 1992 I think and that was I was kind of the second wave of people coming into the culture and you know and I and I was given access to it by those people and and I'm still very very grateful to it Mm. And you're really doing all the projects that you um, initiated as music lover, of course, on a highly professional level. Um, why did you choose the electronic music business as your profession initially? Um, well, I, d I don't think I. Well, did I choose it? I don't know. It kind of. It was a. It was a beautiful evolution. You know, I did choose music journalism as my as my profession and you know I was a fan of the music press and was inspired every week by going to the shop and buying these three newspapers pre-internet which was my only access to concerts that were launching new music you know and then I would listen to Radio One and to John Peel and what John Peel was talking about was reflected in the newspapers and and so I you know I I, I loved you know I was always very into English and loved writing and creative writing 
And so those two things combined, and I just I just was a bit cheeky. I wrote a letter to mm-hmm. four four places in the music industry, three newspapers, NME, Melody Makers, Sounds, and EMI Records, and three of them wrote me a letter back saying thank you, but no thanks. And then I got a call from a journalist called Steve Sutherland at Melody Maker as I came home from school one day saying, hey, we loved your letter. Why don't you come to London for a week? And, and that was my internship, and it was um, – you know, and I just never looked back from that moment. And, Mm. and I think, you know, it was just always loving innovative music and always being around very forward thinking music, being in London at that time, the nightclub scene was just exploding and clubs like Love Ranch and, and that were the kind of the second wave of clubs, you know, I would go and hear DJs playing there and I would literally walk in the club at 10 p.m. leave at 6 a.m. and just be on the dance floor for the entire eight hours and and just completely inspired by by what I was seeing and the people I was meeting and the scene and the culture around it and it just led to so many things and then I would take that back to the office on a Monday morning and sit in a weekly editorial meeting with people who were talking about Nirvana and and uh, Mud Honey and and Ride and the Cranberries and you know music that I did like and and did enjoy and appreciated. But I was experiencing something different. I was thinking, you know, people of my age were going to clubs and they were turning away from gigs because the music was more exciting and energetic and and the, and the culture around it was so dynamic. And and I just started pushing and I started p- promoting that music and Underworld came along, the Chemical Brothers came along, Orbital, Left Field, Richie Horton, Laurent Garnier, Carl Cox, this this was my life. You know, mm. this is what I was going out and listening to every weekend. And, and, um, so I, um, you know, I just started writing about it and then eventually got very frustrated that this music wasn't really being taken very seriously whilst I was still being given, still being given, um, column inches to write about it. I felt like it deserved more coverage and, and, you know, there was me 18 years old pushing for DJ mm-hmm. culture in a, in a very established rock magazine that was, you know, focused on Kurt and Courtney. And um, I got a lot of resistance, but that resistance ultimately led to me launching my own magazine. I think, I think there was their way of, of keeping me quiet was to just give me my own publication so that I couldn't complain too much. And um, that was the launch of music magazine, M-U-Z-I-K in 1995. And, and then I had, along with Push, my co-editor and co-founder, um, our own publication. So we were able to really portray DJ culture and dance culture the way I wanted to at that time. Um, mm-hmm. And whilst over the last 20 years, I've, you know, I, I, I do other work in other, in, in, in more traditional music through other things that I do and have done. And I keep very good relationships outside of electronic music, but, but really it's the music I understand instinctively. It's the, 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 the global network that I'm most plugged into and it's it's what I really enjoy I still I still get more excited by watching a DJ than I do a band you know it's mm. just the way it's always been for me yeah know? so yeah you really helped shaping this industry a lot and um, in the last couple of years the industry got more and more professional um, and how do you see this development um, yeah I mean I I, I did we ever think it could get as big as as it is now i i actually think yes i think we whether we like it or not 
a lot of people that I know, my friends in the business, whether they're a DJ or a promoter, we all pushed this thing as hard as we could because we, because we just not not in a sort of let's be the biggest thing on the planet, let's make as much money or or an ego thing. Just we just believed that this music was the future and this is what young people wanted and that this was just more exciting than anything else out there. So we pushed everything. We pushed to build our own festivals, to to build our own magazines, to build our own labels, you know, and just have this have this kind of world away from the traditional music industry. You know, this 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 music never relied on, you know, Universal, Sony or Warners to make it massive. It did it on its own merit. Of course mm. the majors helped, but but DJ culture has transcended all of that. Most most DJs don't live within the major record label framework. They don't they don't want to, they don't need to. And I always feel we're kind of like one step ahead of, of that world. And um so obviously as time's gone on, big money has come into the industry and festivals were bought and companies were bought and and the scene kind of became a bit more had to become more professional. I think the industry mm-hmm did have to become more professional and that I guess is a lot of the work that I've initiated through IMS and through the Association for Electronic Music was uh, if we are you know a big part of a big part of our problem is that we always felt we were never really being taken seriously mm-hmm. and um, you know rightly or wrongly in a situation like that um, my response to that was to try and create um more of an infrastructure in the industry so that you know we were a bit more accountable and responsible um and the conference was a part of that but then then i quickly realized that the conference itself couldn't impact enough change and that's where we when i when i, when I wanted to launch afem because mm. i could see how other genres had trade organizations and infrastructure around them that could bring the industry together speak with one voice on major issues um, and help impact change. And, you know, the way to do that was to create a sort of governing body or a trade organization that could um, be independent of me or the people running it that was fully accountable and had quite strong kind of infrastructure in place about how decisions were made and who was running it and, you know, and that 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 is basically AFEM, the Association for Electronic Music, and uh, I think a lot of people may not even be aware of of it, but it's it's been going for six years, and it's a very important, I think, a very important part of our industry that is bringing together like-minded people with similar values and trying to make important change. Um, so, you know, when I look at it, when you look at it like that, yeah, the industry is completely professionalized and and or, or got or tried to professionalize um you know we're we mustn't forget we're a culture that is built around nightlife and around mm-hmm. nightlife is alcohol and drugs and and you know bad things happen and and you know in bad um what's the word bad impressions of our culture are kind of out there still from media and from people outside of our industry and i think we just always our goal has always been just to just to prove that this is a real art form that DJ culture is a is a is a strong profession and one that um, deserves the same kind of respect as any other genre of music that's that's around in the world. You know. Yeah. 
And what I see that with the association and with the music summit, you're not only shaping the industry, but you're also addressing important topics out of the scene. And um, for example, with IMS on Ibiza in May, that is fast approaching. Um, you addressed important topics last year, for example, women in the business and mental health. Um, what about this year's focus topics? Well, this year, um, I think it's important that, that that all of those topics you just mentioned, they don't kind of just come for one year and then disappear, you know. And that 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 is partly where, for me, IMS and AFEM work, work quite nicely side by side because IMS can introduce a topic that AFEM can then spend the next two to three years trying to trying to help address, you know, and that's 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 kind of working. And, and the same with other conferences, not just IMS. Um, mm. The conferences have become a, an important platform for AFEM to kind of have its voice and to bring people together and, and make change, you know. Um, but so, so, you know, I, like I say, the, the stuff with gender and mental health, this, this stuff is ongoing and this stuff will continue to be a problem, I'm sure for a long time ahead of us, but, you know, it is important. We try to, to focus on these issues and make improvements. So this year, the focus is very much on, on climate change, mm -hmm. um, but also, uh, climate change, but also an area around, kind of what we call leveling up where you know the the ever growing dj sort of growth and and dj fee increase is not being reflected by the money that is in ends up in the hands of the producers mm -hmm. um and that's something that a few platforms like resident advisor and a few artists have been talking a lot about recently and um i think you know there's a there's a lot of issues of people are being unhappy about how Spotify pay people, how the digital platforms pay people. And, you know, so there, there's a whole explore, exploration uh, that will happen at IMS into that area. Um, and then the climate, the climate crisis, I, I feel this was the year at the start of this year that kind of everybody realized that, wow, you know, if we don't do something now, we're all, we're all in trouble. And, You know, there's a lot of initiatives in and around our culture that we want to share at IMS. And we'll begin with, you know, Brian Eno is doing a, a keynote address about the work that he's been doing in this space. And it just feels like, you know, we're, we're very late on really pushing this agenda. I think our whole culture is very late on addressing it. But now now is that moment. Now is that time. And um, it's become an emergency. And I, and I, and I think we all want to see what this industry is prepared to do yeah um, so yeah once again thank thank you for bringing up um, those projects and also the ims i attended it last year for the first time and i really could see the impact it has on the industry in the upcoming months after the event and another highlight that um will be um, on the agenda this year is the move from the Hard Rock Hotel to Destino. Tell us a bit about that change. Um, yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I've, I've, for 12, we've been going for 12 years. I think this is year 13. Um, you know, we've never, I don't know if we've ever really found our home. We've moved three times um, 
in 12 years and we've had great moments in all of those venues but we we've always been looking for a venue that could really facilitate all the different creative elements of ims and certainly as ims is now grown and brought in partners like she said so and since we developed the wellness platform arate you know we want all of these these to be part of ims in a bigger way so we've moved to destino which is a beautiful space owned by the pasha group uh the pasha group have enabled us to you know find a way to make the hotel affordable to the industry so that um you know everyone can can be a part of it and can afford to come and it's actually the first time we've ever managed to really sell the entire hotel to ims delegates which means the hotel will be pretty much closed to anybody who isn't a delegate which then means we can do more with the venue and be more creative with the space um and and really the goal is to create a really immersive experience where you can go from the heavy topics we've just talked about you could go and spend two hours in a safe safe place with the she said so group where there'll also be a space for kids Mm -hmm. um and then you could spend one hour or 12 hours in our wellness retreat and learn everything you need to know about mental health about how to do interventions on artists Mm -hmm. um breath work dietary issues challenges of touring then you can go into our new educational area where there's there's master classes all day via point blank there's a new technology area where you can go and have hands-on experiences with new technology from six or seven or ten of the leading technology brands um dinners pop-up events drinks dj sets i mean there's all kinds of stuff happening this year it's really going to feel very very different and um not that I, I feel there's anything wrong with IMS, but it just feels like we need to move the experience along. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we know people come as much for the networking and to meet people as much as to hear the talks. And we just felt we needed to create a better environment for that experience. Yeah, it sounds like a really interested, interesting and more, let's say, holistic program approach that you are planning. And I think one important point for this is that you already mentioned it, the Remedy remedy State um, Retreat for artists and people of the business. Why do you think is it so important? Um, Well, I think think in terms of... um, what we were just talking about um, and about the industry growing up and, and being more professionalized, you know, something we've never talked about for the last decade until very recently has been, has been mental health and the impact that this industry has on not just the DJs and the artists, but the people who work for these DJs and artists who are traveling the world and, and the, the late nights and the jet lag and the, the, you know, the, the nocturnal hours, um, so I think, obviously, in society at large, this has now become something that everybody is talking about, whereas four or five years ago it was a t- taboo subject. But but I've I've been, you know, honestly, I've been touched by male suicide too many times uh, in my life in terms of people within the music industry. You know, I think I'm up to my 20th-plus person that I know has taken their life and chosen to, you know, exit... Um, the world and 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 the life they were living and it's very very hard to be around it's very very hard to understand um and so i started working with a charity called calm about 10 years ago and helping them connect with the music industry and i was on the first music board of that charity and and it really 
got me deeper into understanding the mindset and why this is happening. And, and I guess over time, as we were getting older, you know, I was, I'm now 45, but for the first 20, 20 years or 15 years, I wasn't thinking about my health. I was just charging around the world and having crazy late nights and late dinners and eating late and drinking late and sleeping very little and multiple time zones and working extremely hard. And, and I think, you know, I had a, you know, a very small health issue, which made me think twice about how I was doing what I was doing. And, and, and a lot of other people around me were also having the same moment of, of realization of like, well, hold on, we need to slow this down, we need to change our approach. And so I just wanted to reflect that somehow within IMS. And, and that was the creation of Arate or Remedy State, it was initially called, um, which Blaise D'Angelo and myself put together and and integrated it into IMS. And, and we're really proud this year that the retreat was, was incredible. And I am so proud of what we did there. But ultimately, it was only for, you know, 40 to 50 people mm-hmm. at a time. So we wanted to find a way to impact people across the entire industry, because, you know, between Remedy State, Arate launching year one and year two, Keith Flint, you know, took his life. Mm-hmm. And I felt like, all this knowledge we were we were building and and creating and these amazing practitioners we've discovered they were having a huge and profound impact on the people who came to our retreat but it wasn't spreading beyond that Mm. and what i would love this year is that anybody who comes to ims who may or may not think that this kind of platform is of interest to them Mm -hmm. just come in there for an hour you know give one hour of your three days at ims to come and hear and absorb and and see the literature and meet some of the practitioners and just take a little look at, at your life for an hour and see how you might be able to make some changes that could ultimately sustain your working life or or sustain your improve your enjoyment of of working in this industry and help you to help others you know if you're you know I, i'm surrounded by people with challenges and and i want to be able to help them whether they're artists i manage or or friends and colleagues and and you know we've we've taken the time to find these Im- amazing people who've had a huge impact on people's lives and we want to share that and um so this year as as part of the ims delegates badge you have full access to to the to the platform on the retreat and i think that's you know that that just increases the value of ims to the yeah. to the attendee even further Absolutely. And I think it's a nice approach to open it for everyone because it's a really important topic and to keep the border low for people that might want to have a look at the um, talks or activities or workshops that you offer and to maybe change something in where they feel maybe they want to or need help. Yeah. 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 There is barely a person in the industry that is as deep and connected in the business like you are and i would be very interested to get your opinion on how the landscape of this scene will look like in three years your personal opinion um well right now i i'm worried about what it looks like in three months never mind three years yeah <laughs> um with uh, coronavirus yeah. um you know already impacting on a lot of things around us seeing the world's reaction to this um you know we're we're an, an industry that's taken great pride in being so global i i think you know it's 
a lot of the cliches, but you know, it's often instrumental music. It's it's global in its DNA and its in its um, appeal to everybody. We were, I think, electronic music embraced the internet before any other genre of music. Um, and you know, we we travel the world like it's you know the size of of Scotland, and and um, you know the the impact of that is is globalization is situations like coronavirus and it's 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 pretty scary how quickly things could change and get wiped out but i i sort of think between coronavirus climate the climate crisis um you know mental health you know it, it just feels like we're an industry and a world on the edge and um you know, and especially now being a father, I take a, a very different view of the world around me and, 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 um, you know, looking way beyond my lifetime now. And, and, um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very concerned about where it's all heading. Um, I think without being, you know, we, we all need to be a lot nicer to each other. We all need to focus on politics that are really important and not get hung up on stupid the stupid daily fights that we tend to have in our industry about stuff. Um, but I think, I think the culture is still growing. I think electronic music is only just beginning to really infiltrate the Middle East and, and parts of Asia. And, and, you know, it's, it still feels like it has a long, long way to go. Um, I think the technology around us, AI, you know, all of this is fascinating. I think we're going to, we will see, artists who are who are alive not not touring but performing virtually um i think that's inevitable i thought that was a bit of a joke now i see it it's going to be upon us any minute um you know i think the landscape's going to change dramatically i think there will be a resistance to you know some of the big global streaming platforms that are dominating our culture i think there's a you know dance music's always managed to exist outside of the the traditional industry and i think there's a a strong growing kind of shift to people wanting things to be experienced very differently to how everybody else has experienced mainstream music you know um, yeah. so so you know I, that's not a very clear answer but i, I see a, a huge amount of change coming at us very 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 quickly and i think the industry needs to wake up the industry needs to focus on what's really important and yeah, I, I will say that I think with the climate crisis, I'm seeing a lot more collaboration be- between people than I've seen for a long time. And uh, I see that through AFEM. I mean, I'll give you an example. AFEM has six or seven chapters uh, or or working groups that focus on different issues. And I was on a call last week, which was around the environmental situation. And there were 35 people on that call. Um, that's 35 people from all over the world uh, contributing with their views, their opinions, their initiatives on the impact of our music on the environment. And I came off that call pretty blown away that AFEM had pulled all of these people together. And it was really, really impressive to see and hear these people giving up their time for free, sharing their thoughts and ideas and trying to sort of come together to to try to make a change and you know and I, when i'm on a call like that and i think wow that was that was an idea seven years ago of trying to bring our industry together there it is well there was one yesterday for the health mental health side of things and mm-hmm. that had 25 people on it you know so 
you may not see a lot of this stuff in your daily industry lives, but just know that there are people who really care who are taking time out from earning money to share ideals and thoughts to try and help improve our industry. And, and that, that to me is something that didn't exist three to five years ago and, and gives me great hope for the future. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for bringing up all those topics for discussing them and bringing them into the industry. And thank you so much for your words in this podcast interview. It's been a great pleasure. And is there anything that you want to share that I didn't ask you? No, no, I think, I think it was pretty, uh, a pretty comprehensive, uh, you know, uh, 30 minutes of a lot of the different things that I do. And um, now I appreciate the support. And yeah, I, I think this is, uh, we're in a new decade. This is the start of, of a big, big 10 years ahead of us. And the IMS tagline this year is in pursuit of purpose. And mm -hmm. I feel that's something that everybody is going through at the moment. You know, we all need to understand why we're doing what we're doing and the impact of what we're doing on the people around us and the world around us. And uh, I'm, I'm pleased that IMS is kind of had that, that moment, of realization that we need to change what we're doing and what we're about and that's that's all part of the move to destino and trying to trying to refocus ims so that it's relevant for the next 10 years and can help lead on these topics and issues you know yeah so thank you thank you so much ben and i'm really looking forward to ims this year it sounds yeah. fantastic and i can't wait to spread the word and thank you so much for taking the time for this interview yeah Thank you for your support. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. There are so many important topics to address in the industry. And thanks to Ben Turner with his projects, the Association for Electronic Music and IMS. These topics are really on the agendas of everyone in the industry. I would be happy meeting you at the IMS. Let me know if you are there. Thank you so much for listening. Rock and roll and stay tuned. <laughs>